Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll just hear again a portion of our gospel lesson for today, starting at verse 20. He got up and went to his father. While he was still far away, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, hugged his son, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring a fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate, because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Then they began to celebrate. His older son was in the field. As he approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what was going on. The servant told him, Your brother is here. Your father killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. The older brother was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. He answered his father, Look, these many years I've been serving you, and I've never disobeyed your command. But you never gave me even a young goat, so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours arrived, after wasting your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. The father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. But it was fitting to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We call God our Father. By virtue of creation, he is everybody's Father. Jesus reminds us that he knows us all perfectly. He knows exactly how many hair each of us have on our head. Loves us dearly and desperately, wants us to live forever with him in heaven. But if our children sometimes exasperate us, just imagine what it must be like for our Heavenly Father. If we were in his shoes, if we were God, I wonder if we would have just thrown in a towel and given everybody the condemnation they deserve and just be done with it. But thankfully, God is not like us. He is merciful and loving, and his grace crushes the condemnation that we deserve. That's the message that Jesus wants us to hear in this parable. The father, in Jesus' parable, had two sons. Sometimes we forget that. We call it the lost son or the parable of the prodigal son. We're focused a lot on that first Son, but he had two sons, and both of those sons were rebellious, just in different ways. And if we look at ourselves over our lives, we could probably put ourselves in both of those sons' shoes at one time or another. Jesus wants us to realize that God is our gracious and merciful Father, and his grace crushes our condemnation. First son mentioned in the parable is the younger son. He's obviously rebellious. He doesn't want to live in his father's house. 
probably tired of his father's rules, doesn't think they're fair, wants to go off and do whatever he wants to do, but in order to do that, he has to have some money. So he comes to his father and he demands his inheritance. As the younger son, one-third of everything his father had. And as soon as he gets it, he's gone. Far away as he can go, far distant country, doing all the things that his father told him he shouldn't do and warned him about. Sowing his wild oats, I guess you'd call it. That son might remind you of yourself, maybe. If you went off to college on your parents' dime, maybe you chose a place as far away as you could, and you decided to try all those things that your parents warned you about and said were bad just to see if they really were, or if your parents were just old-fashioned and trying to spoil your fun. Son, that younger son, represents anybody who was raised to know God in his word and at some point decided they didn't really need God in his word. You might wonder, why'd the father give in? He didn't have to give him his inheritance early. He didn't have to do it. So why'd he give it to him? He must have known what that rebellious son was going to do with it. Kind of interesting, as you study scripture, you realize that God, our Father, pictured as the Father in this parable, he doesn't force us to stay with him. If someone is rebellious and chooses to say, God, I don't want you anymore, he, he does let them go. He gives them that freedom. He doesn't force us. Think of how he treated the people of Israel, especially Maybe think of the period of the judges. He brought them into the promised land, gave them all of those blessings, and they turned away from him, rebelled against him, and began to worship the idols of the people around them. And God let them. But he also let them reap what they sowed. He removed his protection from them. Then their enemies came and conquered them, and... God responded by saying, well, cry out to those idols. You're the ones, that's who you chose. You're worshiping them. Let your idols rescue you. God sometimes is like a father who recognizes this is a child that has to learn things the hard way. And by experience, they recognize, they needed to recognize by experience that those idols that they were worshiping, they were worthless. They couldn't help them. They couldn't save them. And then finally, they came to their senses. They got rid of their idols. They humbled themselves before God and called on him for help, and he helped them. We're told he could bear their misery no longer. He had mercy. When the younger son came to his senses, when he realized by his bad experiences that all those things that his father had warned him about, all those rules that he thought were cramping his style, those were for his good. He decided he would return home. He would humble himself before his father. He would speak the truth. Father, I've sinned against heaven. Good reminder for all of us. Any sin, no matter how big or small, is first of all a sin against God, sin against heaven. And in your sight, Father. Before, while he was still at home, he demanded... Father, you have to give me this. Now, 
He humbled himself and admitted he didn't deserve anything from his father. Didn't even deserve to be called a son. Didn't even deserve to be received back as a servant. But he would throw himself on his father's mercy and hope that his father would grant just that. Even just let me be a servant. That's the attitude we all need to have before our God. We've all sinned in many ways. We've been rebellious sons and daughters. We need to come before our Heavenly Father and confess what that younger son did. I've sinned against you, Father, and against others in my life. We don't deserve anything from you except your condemnation. We humble ourselves before him, throw ourselves on his mercy, and ask just for his mercy's sake, if he would let us be his children again, let us be a part of his family and his kingdom. What did the father do? He had mercy. He saw that rebellious son while he was still a long way off. His heart went out to him. He had compassion on him. He saw this son who had left the house strong, healthy, nice clothes, jewelry, expensive sandals on his feet. Now here he comes, gaunt from hunger, ripped clothing that smelled like pigs, no jewelry, probably had to sell it to have something to eat, not even sandals on his feet. His heart went out to him. He was moved to tears that this son had to go through those things and experience that kind of trouble in his life, but he was also moved to tears of joy. Tears of joy that his son was still alive. What could have happened to him? A lot worse. And even more tears of joy that he was willing to understand that he could return to his father and that his father would be merciful. He accepted his son's confession and ordered a celebration. What a gracious and merciful father we have. When we recognize our sin, when we recognize our rebellion against our heavenly father, and we humble ourselves before him, confessing that we're unworthy of anything, we shouldn't receive anything from him other than condemnation that we've earned and deserved, he's merciful, he's gracious. He forgives us. He receives us back as his children. And the Bible makes it clear that the only reason he can do that isn't what most people would answer. It's not love. Love can't overcome justice. It's because in love, he sent Jesus. And Jesus was not rebellious. Jesus never deserved any condemnation for anything that he did. Then as the perfect son of God, he went to the cross and God placed the condemnation that we should have on him. It's only because of what Jesus has done in our place, because he was our substitute in life and under our condemnation, that Paul says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now there's another son, the older son, the good son, right? At least that's what he thought. 
I'm the good son. He even says it, doesn't he? I've always been serving you, Father. I've never disobeyed any of your commandments. Well, that's an exaggeration, I'm sure. Did you notice everything that this guy said was all me, myself, and I? He was so focused on himself, so filled with pride, that he couldn't understand how his father could receive his brother back. He was like Jonah. Remember Jonah sat up on the hill watching Nineveh, hoping that God would destroy it? Jonah didn't want God to be merciful to the people of Nineveh. This older son didn't want God to be merciful, didn't want his father to be merciful to his brother. This son is probably more like us than the other one. Most of us haven't been openly, outwardly rebellious in our lives, but we still are rebellious inside. The older son is just as rebellious as the younger son, just in a different way. He makes that big scene, refuses to even go into the party. He won't even acknowledge that this guy is his brother, that son of yours, he calls him. He's kind of like those people who say, well, I won't go to church because there's too many hypocrites there. Or, some have even said, if they're going to be in heaven, I don't think I want to be there. Really? You'd give up your spot in heaven because you think you're better than someone else who might be there? This kind of secret rebellion that's covered up by outward goodness is just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than that outward open rebellion. It's an attitude that fails to recognize that even just one sin earns you God's condemnation. No matter how good you think you are, you're still sinful. You still deserve God's punishment. It's an attitude that fails to acknowledge that salvation is by grace alone through faith in Jesus. It's an objection to God's mercy, and God's mercy is the only thing that saves. Again, the father shows mercy. He doesn't let that older son who's having his pity party outside stay out there by himself. He goes out to him. He seeks the lost. He shows him his error. He reminds him that the return of his brother isn't going to cost him anything. Everything I have is still yours. You don't lose any of your inheritance. But his inability to show mercy reveals sin in his heart. He has something to confess too. The sin of pride, the sin of lovelessness. He too needs to humble himself before the Lord, for the Lord humbles the proud and lifts up the lowly. If we find ourselves being hesitant to forgive, wondering how someone who has broken a whole bunch of commandments could possibly be welcomed as maybe a member of the congregation or come and share God's supper with us. We're kind of upset if we see someone, well, they had a Christian funeral, but they didn't confess their faith until the last hours of their lives. Then we're like that 
older brother. We need to see our rebellion. We're objecting to God's mercy, the only thing that can save us. Jesus' parable reminds us that whether it's outward rebellion, obvious to everyone, whether it's kind of hidden, secret rebellion only in your heart, we still have all sinned. We still deserve God's condemnation. We need to humble ourselves before God. Confess as the younger son did, I've sinned against heaven and against people around me. I don't deserve to be called your child. To throw ourselves on God's mercy and plead for his forgiveness because of Jesus. Because that's the only reason he's able to forgive us, to show us mercy. His grace crushes the condemnation that we deserve then when we realize that Jesus has forgiven our sins, our rebellion, we'll join the party. We'll rejoice whenever we hear that someone who was lost is found. Whenever we hear that someone who is dead in their sins has been made alive through faith in Jesus, we'll see and rejoice that God is our merciful Heavenly Father, ours, a mercy that we dearly need. Amen. Please stand.